Welcome to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show with your host, Jerry Saber. Hey, this is Jerry, and you're listening to episode 40 of the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show. Now, this one's going to be a bit different because right now we are less than a month away from Plant-Based Business Week, and we thought that this would be a really good time to give you guys an update on what's going on behind the scenes as we prepare everything for this event. So joining me today is Matt Tolman. You probably remember him from episode 27. And I can tell you that you'll be hearing more from Matt in the future because he's going to be working with Plant-Based Entrepreneur. And you'll also hear and see a lot of him on Plant-Based Business Week because he's one of the co-hosts of this summit. So today in this episode, we're giving you a look at what we've been doing in the past few weeks and what some of the best takeaways from the interviews we've done so far. Well, thanks so much for having me, Jerry. I'm, I'm really excited to be back on the podcast and, and I'm even more excited about what we're putting together with Plant-Based Business Week. Uh, I've been really amazed by the kind of insight and the practical ideas that are coming out of some of these interviews. So. I'm excited to discuss that today and hopefully get our audience uh, excited for Plant-Based Business Week in September. Yeah, I mean, um, I've, been, I've been thinking about it a lot and considering that this is episode 40 and that we right now have, I think, just over 30 speakers booked, this, uh, this event for me is pretty much like condensing the last nine months of, um, of nine months, it's almost 11 months now. 11 months of the plant-based entrepreneur show into a single week of just distilled knowledge from from people who are really making a big change in the movement well i I think saying that you've been thinking about this a lot is an understatement (laughs) Um, i know you've been working hard and and i'm sure the audience will be very appreciative of all the effort that's gone into it um you know I, i i can't say enough good things about the work you're doing with Plant-Based Entrepreneur as well as with this summit because I think so much, and and I guess just getting right into it, um, one of the big takeaways that that I've come away with is that, you know, so many entrepreneurs and so many business leaders, no matter where they are in their career, um, I I think can often take for granted the need uh, to continuously learn and improve um, in their own industry, on their own skill sets, as they are as a human. So um, I really think that this is going to be um, a, a great event, um, like many of your podcasts, to just you know provide that inspiration, provide that practical know-how or that insightful knowledge that really helps people uh, take their career or take their business to the next level, um, which ultimately I think is is something we can all uh, get behind, given that it really does push the plant-based movement forward with every new service and product and, and the business and, and the people and ideas that all come from these kinds of events. So um, like I say, it's a testament to the work you're doing, and I'm, I'm really excited to see it all come together in less than a month. Yeah, and I think that speaking of the movement, I am surprised by by some of the things that I'm hearing, and I think that a lot of people are going to be blown away by the opportunities that exist in plant-based and vegan business right now, because, um, well, you would know that, but one of the questions that we are kind of asking a lot of our, our guests is where do they see 
the vegan business being at, at what stage right now, like how, how developed it is. And I've always thought that it was kind of maybe getting from late childhood into puberty and, and starting to experience some, some growth spurts. But um, I, I was talking to Bruce Friedrich from um, New Crop Capital and the Good Food Institute, and he said that, no, for him, this is not even infancy yet. This is more like gestation. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I would agree with Bruce on that one. And, and if you think about it, um, obviously, uh, it depends on where we say the end point is, right? What does success look like? If, if we imagine that the cruelty-free economy is going to be you know, 100% of the consumer demand in the U.S., then yeah, right now at the numbers that we are, uh, and obviously with the, the level of consumer demand we see today, um, it's astonishing compared to 10 years ago. Um, it, it's unbelievable compared to 20 years ago. But when you think about that full trajectory that we really have to, to uh, um, traverse in terms of creating the products and services necessary to actually feed every household in the U.S., let alone outside of the U.S. borders, um, then we really are just at the beginning of this game. So I, I think he's absolutely correct in that sense. Yeah, I mean, he was he was comparing like plant-based milks to, to plant-based meats. And you know that plant-based milks are probably the biggest sector of, of plant-based foods right now because they're, they're already at something like 10 or 11% of, of the entire milk market and they're growing. And... Plant-based meats, on the other hand, is not even at 1% yet, but it's growing as well. So, so the opportunity there is really staggering. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I guess just to add one other takeaway, although it's on the same note, um, I was really astounded just at the number of uh, new companies, new products that I had not even heard of. And I, and I fancy myself something of an expert in this space, um, but in the conversations I've had, and, and one just yesterday with uh, Michael pellman Roland, who's got a great column in, uh, on the Forbes website, um, and he really focuses on sustainability and, and the environmental element um, in terms of his veganism. Obviously, it's very much related to the animals as well, but, but that's just the passion of his. And... Uh, some of the, the ideas and, like I say, some of the new products that are coming out are really astounding, even to someone who, you know, <laughs> proposes to be a student of this space. Um, you know, one really interesting one that, that's actually um, animal cells culture grown in a test tube um, to, to create not plant-based meats, but actually a, a meat-based meat, but obviously it, it qualifies as cruelty-free because it, it, you know, it obviously didn't abuse um, or it would take the life of an animal. So really fascinating questions that come out of these, these new, um, like I say, products. Uh, it makes you question, you know, long-term, is that the best thing for our movement? Because technically it's not plant-based, and so you might not get all those um, health-related benefits. It certainly reduces our our uh, global demand on meat, if this thing was to scale up, um, it would certainly be a, a more sustainable option in that way, um, in terms of land use and water usage and, and um, uh, degradation to our waterways. 
But on the other hand, is that the best thing for our movement long term, given that we really need to have thriving vegans, you know, who are eating these whole food plant based diets and benefiting from a health standpoint from that way of life? If everyone's eating, you know, cultured meat out of a test tube, are are we still going to see the same benefits, you know, on a population level? in terms of a, a lower uh, rate of heart disease and, and all these different specific cancers and what have you. So like I say, it's a really interesting time for us in this economy and, and uh, the number of things coming out um, is really quite impressive. Yeah, I think that's on, on the topic of lab-grown meat and, and cellular agriculture, I, I think that's Doctors like Garth Davis or, or Joel Kahn or even the, the health coaches that, that we're talking to on, on this summit, they won't be put out of business for some time still. But um, I have to say that I'm incredibly optimistic about the, the possibilities for, for growing meat in a tube or it's actually more like a fermentation bath from, from what I understand. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely not saying that I am the ideal consumer for, for these products. I, I don't even know whether I would try them or, or not, but I think they, they have enormous potential for just bringing more people to lessen their, their dependence on, on animal products. Whether that's vegan or not, I don't know, but I, I think that it will make a big difference in the future. Well, we, we have to hope. And, and, you know, that's the other thing that I think, you know, the, the diversity of ideas that we're, we're bringing to light um, really makes me appreciate just how uh, unique and idiosyncratic and changing uh, this industry is. Um, when you think about just some of the materials that are being discussed in fashion, um, you know, pina text being made out of recycled uh, pineapple rind i mean that that's now the the watch strap that i'm currently using with botch um you know the the founder mm -hmm. laura is is on plant-based business week talking about this stuff um it, it's really interesting because we're no longer you know necessarily just reliant on the synthetic um you know and and using latex watch bands or what have you people are actually looking at truly plant-based alternatives even outside of the food realm um, I think you brought up a really interesting one that was made out of a, a spider web or something like that. It was gen genetically engineered spider silk. So something straight out of a Spider-Man comic. So no spiders involved, just um, genetically engineered materials to, to create spider silk. Yeah, again, so a great example like the cultured meats um, you know, what, what is the definition of plant-based and vegan? And, and uh, you know, we're really getting into kind of a, a wild west, which I think is great because the proliferation of, of products and services in this area, you know, clearly is an indication of the kind of demand that uh, the people are seeing. Um, and also the more that come out, the more opportunity we have to satisfy the needs of, of consumers and then in that way, we are reinforcing their decision to change to a plant-based uh, or, or vegan lifestyle and, and now have all these different options like, you know, a, a watch band made out of pineapple. So it's a fascinating time. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately, you know, not, not all consumers are going to be switching to a plant-based lifestyle or consider themselves vegan. The important thing is that 
there are alternatives that they can use and they might not even be aware of the fact that they are using vegan alternatives because that's just what's available. Exactly. And I think that's where ultimately, you know, this, this theme had come up in a couple, in a couple conversations, uh, in particular with Dr. Joel Kahn, um, that, that ultimately we all need to be aspiring to creating products and services um, that not only match, but maybe exceed um, the value, whether that's taste or price or convenience um, of the animal-based counterpart, right? Because we can't expect people um, you know, to, to eat tasteless food for the animals. You know, obviously, we, we hope that they will or would, um, but if we're going to succeed, to your point, um, you know, we, we need to be able to, to make these products um, as good as or better than um, the non-vegan alternatives because that's how we're really going to start changing hearts and minds. When people buy these things because it tastes good, happens to have less cholesterol, and then maybe further down the road, they realize, oh, wow, this is made out of entirely plant-based uh, ingredients. Um, and yet that's not the reason they bought it. Yeah. And I think this is where marketing and branding come in heavily. And that, that's why I was really enjoying some of the conversations in our uh, marketing and branding module, because it's really for, for a lot of people telling them that something is vegan is, is not going to cut it. So the, the big challenge now for, for brands is how do they position themselves? How do they craft their messages to, to reach people? And I have to say with everything that's going on, that's been going on for the past five to 10 years with, with social media playing such a huge role, um, the, the entire marketing landscape is, is changing. And I think that's another opportunity that's really playing well into, into our hands. I mean, one of the big takeaways that I've had on multiple interviews so far is the, the need for brand authenticity. You know, not, not just for personality brands, because that's one of the topics that we're discussing, but for, for branding messages in, in general, it's becoming so essential for them to, to really create some sort of personal connection with, with the consumer. And I think that consumers are also changing in, in a way that they're beginning to expect that from brands. And um, it's probably for a lot of new companies that are popping up in, in the plant-based space and being run by millennial entrepreneurs, that's going to come as second nature. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm sorry to say it doesn't come as second nature to me, but um, I think that a lot of younger people really have the advantage here. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And yet, um, you know, I, I still look at myself as a younger person, <laughs> for better or worse. Um, you know, behaviorally, I might be like an 80-year-old, but, but at least by age, I'm, I'm in the younger half. And, uh, and I don't take to social media. I really struggle with it. I just don't make the time. And so I've been asking that question um, to all these different experts. And, and some of them have, you know, incredibly impressive brands and followings. You know, Matt Frazier being one of them. We had a, a really spirited discussion about this stuff. Um, you know, and on the other hand, you've got Joel Kahn. 
who obviously is a, a cardiologist with a 30-year practice. Um, and the two of them, again, both have very successful personal brands, but have wildly different approaches to social media. You know, uh, Dr. Khan is on there 24-7. You know, he really views himself as like, the leader of the vegan vanguard pushing back against the the paleo movement, um, you know, trying to to uh, to really get the word out in terms of the science that proposes um, all these benefits related to veganism and a plant based lifestyle. And on the other hand, uh, you've got Matt Fraser, who who really you know does kind of the the perfunctory social media presence, right? He he posts one a day, um, and 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 sometimes not even. Very much a different take than, say, a rich role, um, who really lets the audience into their lifestyle uh, or into their life, I should say, you know, and posting pictures of kids and their run and what they ate. Um, so it's really interesting to to hear that kind of practical insight and advice coming from these very different um, and yet very successful uh, leaders in the plant-based space. Uh, and I think our audience will definitely take away. Um, like I say, a lot of valuable, actionable um, uh, advice from these conversations. Yeah, and um, well, you know, I, I have to say, I, I technically I think I fit the the millennial definition, but um, it's probably my personality that doesn't go well with with social media. So I'm I'm probably more like Matt Fraser in in that aspect. But I, I know exactly what, what you're talking about. And um, it's been really interesting to me to, to ask that question of, of people who have brands, who are successful influencers. What are the ways that they are using social media? Of course, all of them see enormous potential in it. There's no doubt that it's here to stay. But um, yeah, it's interesting to know that such wildly different approaches work for, for people and, and for brands. And on that note, you know, one really amazing example that I, I need to bring out because it's it's probably one of my favorite brands on um, just in general for, for what it's doing is uh, David Young's Green Monday. And I know that a lot of people might not be familiar with him because he's based in Hong Kong and he started his brand there. But I think it's really important because um, this is the, the gateway to, to the Chinese market. And what David did and what the audience will be able to, to get from his interview is that they almost single-handedly turned Hong Kong from the, um, the place with the highest meat consumption per capita in, in China to a place where now I think... I think it's something like 40% of people at least practice the, um, you know, Green Monday. So at least one day per, per week plant-based. And that was all done with, um, well, it wasn't just social media, but it, it was a form of viral campaigns where they were reaching out to restaurants and just spreading like wildfire there. And, and what do you think? Is there any practical takeaway? Because I've been amazed just hearing, you know, kind of the different strategies folks have taken. Is there any practical takeaway that you got uh, from what tactics they use to be so successful? Um, I think it's a combination of 
tactics which which included going after the really big players first because they didn't go for for small restaurants they actually went for for the largest restaurant chains and they proposed that they start including plant-based meals on on their menu and wow so yeah so kind of a ground game you know one at a time just restaurant by restaurant yeah but because those were restaurants that that have enormous presence there they they really got their message out a lot faster than they would if they had just gone to you know smaller restaurants who might be more open to to these kind of activities and um, the the other thing they did is they reached out to universities and schools to get this started and then i think what really played well for for them was the fact that um it's it's hong kong i I can't really speak from personal experience how how trends move there, but my impression was that once this started, it just became so popular that at some point, the whole thing started rolling by by itself and growing. Well, I I haven't listened to that one, but it sounds like a fascinating conversation. And uh, and you know I I'd, I'd say to our audience. Um, you know that that's one of the things I'm looking forward to most. You know, it's it's maybe even more so than sort of the practical advice that I was speaking to, but but also just sort of the the high level, you know, big ideas um, as to how people, you know, are making it happen. Whether it's uh, you know changing uh, eating behaviors in Hong Kong or figuring out how to launch a new nutritional supplement or getting a restaurant off the ground. You know, I I think. Like I said at the beginning of this conversation, we all benefit so much by exposing ourselves to these different ideas and perspectives. Um, that I think is probably the biggest takeaway for me. That you know, it, it's it's like one step removed from from actually having one of these experts serving as your mentor. You know, you can have um, a really candid conversation in some ways and and hear how they uh, overcame came some of these obstacles and and dealt with adversity and and took um, advantage of every opportunity that came. And, and I think it'll just be immensely helpful, whether it's you know a, a will-be entrepreneur still trying to, to get their big idea, or you know it's a, a more seasoned business leader who is you know just trying to figure out their, their next product launch or a pivot or, or what they want to do in, in their career if maybe transitioning to the plant-based sector. So I, I'm really excited for all these different ideas to to be contained in, in this one uh, summit. Yeah, or, or even, you know, someone who at, at this point might not be considering launching any kind of business, but they just want to hear 30 plus really inspirational stories of, of people who, who are making a huge difference in not just the plant-based industry, but the world, because the whole reason, the, the whole driving force behind what we're doing here and behind what everyone is doing in this business is that I think all of us has this deep-seated wish to to make the world a better place, and um, I think that's one that's definitely one of the biggest takeaways for me from from the time that I've spent doing the plant-based entrepreneur show that this industry is a lot more collaborative. Than, than some other industries might be. 
because we're all united by by the same vision and by the same goal. Yeah, and at the same time, I've I've been really intrigued by how much, um, and I, I keep using the word diversity, but that's that's the case, you know, the diversity of motivations, right? Um, so many people that that we've spoken to, you know, are obviously driven by by health, and they want to see a change in in eating behaviors in the U.S. because of all of these. Uh, trends uh, in terms of mortality and morbidity. At the same time, you know, you've got these people who are really motivated by the animal aspect, right? And <laughs> probably to the detriment of their own health. Um, but that's really kind of the driving factor. And you can see how they've shaped their career or their, their business offering, um, you know, to really kind of align with their passion there. Uh, and then you have a, this whole other group you know, which is more oriented around the environmental impacts, like I, I spoke to earlier. Um, and then obviously you have, you know, the people like me who enjoy being able to, to take credit for all three of these elements. You know, I think it's just one big reason uh, why we should see this change happen. But like I said, it's, it's been really interesting to just to see how many people come from, from a very different perspective with a, a, maybe a, an idiosyncratic motivation. Um, but yes, to your point, at the same time, we are also united in kind of this common goal. Um, and I think that does lead to a lot of opportunities for collaboration. And, uh, and I'd be really interested to see after Plant-Based Business Week um, how many people, you know, uh, come back to us, hopefully they will, to say, you know, I got this idea from so-and-so on Plant-Based Business Week's interview and we, we, you know, reached out and, and this collaboration happened and, and now we're selling this thing, you know. Um, I think that'll be really cool to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to those messages. Um, I think I've told you that I've received a couple so far just related to, to the plant-based entrepreneur show. And it's, it's really nice to see that, that we are inspiring people, that we are essentially creating, educating a whole new generation of, of plant-based entrepreneurs here. And I think that this event, Plant-Based Business Week 2017, I think it's just the start, to be honest. Well, um, I won't take the bait because I think you're asking me to tease out the fact that we want to do this in person next year. Um, but I'm not officially announcing that yet. <laughs> yeah, no, um, neither am I. But still, I think this is, um, this is just the beginning. Yeah, but it wouldn't be it would be fun if we did it in person, right? Oh, you know, maybe absolutely. Maybe in, in Hawaii uh, for anyone listening. Stay tuned. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, Hawaii sounds nice. Well, anyway, um, I think we're gonna wrap this one up right now. I think that um, anyone who's listening right now should be properly fired up for for Plan Based Business Week. So, as you know, we're starting on September 12th. It's going to run until September 18th. And you can watch all of these videos online. So, no need to buy any plane tickets. No need to buy to, to book hotels. Just sign up on the website, plantbasedbusinessweek.com. And um, show up and make a difference. Well, couldn't say it any better. So... Thanks for having me again, Jerry, and thanks for all the work you're doing to uh, inspire our next generation of plant-based entrepreneurs. Yeah, thank you, Matt. And um, well, I'm looking forward to our next conversation, and I am absolutely looking forward to, to Plant-Based Business Week and to seeing everyone there.